Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. on now? Very good. All right. Thanks for fixing that, uh, Brian. So we'll see what comes out, whatever I had written. Oh yeah, there's that story, there's that story, but we wouldn't have time for all of them anyway, so um, um, we'll just see what comes out. So our um, evening, um, part of it I want to honor uh, my main, one of two main teachers um, since I was blessed to be introduced to the Dharma, uh, passed away on Sunday, Ramdas, um, at 88. Um, and I wanted to share some reflections uh, about him, uh, how he touched me and how he touched so many people. Um, And here are some pictures. uh, If you haven't seen and you want to hang around later on, it's kind of like a a travel catalog. that one down there is from 1975. I'm all the way over on the on the uh, the, the end. Uh, a scene in New York in 1975, which I'll talk a little bit about uh, in a moment. Um, this was uh, 1990 in uh, in India, Lucknow, India, when both of us were visiting this very amazing teacher who had also a deep impact on me named Punjaji or Papaji. We just happened to be there at the same time. It was a very small scene before it mushroomed into a much bigger scene. And um, so there we were, me and my 49er shirt, uh, when the 49ers were really still going strong. Um, They're going strong again. See how things change, come and go. Uh, this one was in 2014 when uh, Jane and I visited him in Maui. And this was just last month um, when um, I went with my uh, two sons, uh, Adam and Tony, uh, to Maui. We spent a week and uh, the culminating high point was 
spending an afternoon with him, uh, which was one of my, I was crossing my fingers on that one because his health had been so fragile, uh, but he, he said, yes, let's make it happen. And uh, he was barely in his body, it was kind of like one foot was on the other side, body-wise, but his heart and light was just radiant and luminescent. If you have a chance, you can take a look uh, at the picture. Uh, there were a number of pictures. I just pulled this one, uh, and he's glowing. Uh, it's kind of interesting when somebody, their body is falling apart, and they're just, there's not much that gets in the way, and so the light just kind of shines through as it had for years and years. But the interesting thing is that it just got brighter and brighter as his life went on. There's a wonderful movie um, that's come out recently called Becoming Nobody. I just did get a copy and we'll see if we can either show it here or have some showing somewhere. Uh, it's It's a beautiful movie that has old footage, archival footage, and also um, uh, recent footage uh, in the last few, I think it's 2015. Um, And becoming nobody is a perfect description because what, at the beginning, he was like very famous, hugely, uh, huge notoriety, and um, and then became this spiritual rock star, one could say, who um, he was like a Pied Piper of consciousness. Uh, and um, but over the course of the years, and I knew him in the at least starting in '74, um, he became less and less in the way. And he said, you know, a lot of people say, oh, I I really want to become somebody. He says the game is to become nobody. And he became less and less somebody and more and more nobody where the the light was just shining through all the way till the end. And I was so privileged enough to be there at the very end. I wanted to read one one testimony. They've been all over uh, the internet. Uh, I, I had one, a beautiful one that Jack Cornfield wrote, but I don't have it with me, and one that Krishna Das wrote, but I don't have it with me. But this is one uh, my, my dear friend Roger Walsh wrote that so beautifully captures. Roger is one of the leading teachers of consciousness and uh, transpersonal psychology and um, has done so much practice. We were on the first three-month retreat at IMS in 76, and Ramdas was sitting on that retreat as well. Our beloved spiritual friend, guide, and way-shower, Ramdas, died today. He was one of the great spiritual teachers and consciousness pioneers of our time, possessed of a great mind and an enormous heart he courageously explored and introduced to the Western world a wide array of consciousness disciplines, 
spiritual practices, psychedelics, and teachings. His life was centered on the aphoristic instructions given him by his guru, Neem Karoli Baba, also known as Maharaji. Love everyone, serve everyone, remember God. And he did. To be in his presence was to feel love with a rare intensity. His service organizations, the Seva Foundation and Hanuman Foundation, have healed and transformed untold number of people, while his constant remembrance of the divine and his ability to see it in everyone inspired everyone. His honesty and authenticity were legendary, his warmth palpable, his humor wicked. Like innumerable others, my own life was transformed and blessed by him. I join us all in offering profound thanks to him and sending every good wish for his next journey. So that's the thing that kept on uh, all the emails that uh, that I kept on reading, or many of them saying, "He changed my life. He changed my life." And it's the it sounds cliche after a while, but that's when I think of Ramdas. He changed my life, and a whole generation. Imagine the legacy of of bringing consciousness to a whole generation as we all went through the, the 60s together and consciousness exploding through mind expanding and mind altering uh, experiences. And he was, if, you, if you're not familiar with him, he was with Timothy Leary and uh, kicked out of Harvard University, the only two professors that were ever kicked out of Harvard University uh, for their psychedelic explorations, and he was a pioneer in in psychedelics and consciousness. Um, but he kept on coming down, no matter how many trips he had. And then he went to India and met his guru Neem Karoli Baba, who I've also brought pictures of a number of times here, um, and turned transformed from Richard Alpert. PhD to Ramdas, which is the name that, that Maharaji gave him, um, because he saw this is somebody who's not coming down and he can perhaps show me a way to stay in communion with the divine and to see the divine even in, in, in him. And so in 1971, this book came out Remember, be here now. If you have no other instructions for your spiritual practice, just remember the title. That's it. Remember, be here now. It's so, so brilliant, you know, when something just has captured the essence. So with those four words... And this book, that the first part of it talks about his journey, and then the middle part are these brown pages that is the Dharma wrap that is 
cosmic, psychedelic uh, rap on, on life. This was the Dharma rap that got to me. Besides the rap, something came right through the pages. His Maharaji, that energy of love, of love, serve, and remember, just came right out of the pages and leapt right into my heart. And I didn't feel alone in a way that I had most of my life. And I knew there was a way. So um carried this around like a Bible for the next three years at least, from 71 until 74. Oh, and the last part of the book is called Cookbook for a Sacred Life. Um, and it has all different practices, sadhana, spiritual practices, to do to really get your life in harmony. Um, so, till 1974... Um, I just carried it around. You know, you, I'm sure you, we all have books that transformed us that you have at your night table or when you're really getting confused or lost, that's the go-to book. How many people have or have had a go-to book in their life that kind of reminded them? Yeah, it would be interesting to, if we had time to hear which ones. But this was... It for a whole generation because it was all the people who were experimenting with psychedelics and expanding their consciousness, he was like this pied, really benevolent pied piper that said, here's the way. And so he he's really the grandfather of our... Western Buddhist Vipassana scene, insight meditation scene. In 1974, he was invited by Trungpa Rinpoche, who is this Buddhist, Tibetan Buddhist, um, crazy wisdom teacher, We've spoken about him as well, in Boulder, Colorado, for the spiritual summer camp called Naropa Institute. That's now a university, Naropa University. And I heard that Ramdas was going to be there, and like there was a convergence of um, of all the Ramdas followers and all the the Buddhist Trungpa Rinpoche followers, and that summer was the summer that Joseph Goldstein came at Ramdas's invitation because Ramdas had practiced a lot with Joseph together. They both sat retreats with Goenka. And in India, they were very close. And uh, Jack Cornfield came, and that's where Joseph met Jack. And Sharon was there that first summer. I went the first five summers each time because Joseph was there. But my my first interview with Ramdas when I first got there, and I I couldn't not say, "Can I have an interview with you?" You know, even as shy as I was. I was more greedy than shy and nothing was going to get in the way of me seeing him if he would see me. And he did see me and that, that first interview changed my life. And in that interview, among other things, among 
some a number of things that I write about in Awakening Joy, I asked him, well, what about meditation? I'd been doing transcendental meditation, doing other things that I'd read about. And uh, he said, go check this guy Goldstein out. He's teaching the, the, uh, the section on essential Buddhism. He's pretty good. And I went to Joseph's first class and that was it. Uh, but Ramdas had been consistently in our scene. Jack and Joseph, Jack had just taught with him this last month uh, in Maui, and Joseph was one of the first people that his attendant Dasima called. Ramdas is, is gone. Um, he's been a mentor to Jack and Joseph and Sharon, who does retreats with Krishna Das, who is a devotee of, of Neem Karoli Baba, guru, brother of uh, Ram Das. And throughout each step of the way, he's been our guide. He was on the very first retreat I ever sat on in 1974 at Great Barrington, and there were like 30 of us, and it was like, I couldn't believe, oh my God, Ram Das is sitting on this. Imagine sitting with your idol, right? Oh my God, Ramdas! I better, I better look good. I better, and uh, and then also uh, he was on, as I said, the first three month retreat at, at IMS. Um, but I didn't really get to know him, uh, or he, I, he didn't really get to know me until 1975. In this class in New York City, where he was um, doing a small scene for. Uh, very sincere devotees by invitation only. And Joseph, who knew that I had so profoundly wanted to, uh, uh, was affected by Maharaji, um, said, hey, Ramdas is doing this scene in New York. Uh, you, you might find it interesting. And uh, I said, okay, because... It was my heart was a bit dry with all the Buddhist stuff, but so I needed that kind of devotional aspect of of um, of the practice there uh, that Ramdas could offer. But I went back and forth between saying, "Is this? Am I a bhakta? Am I a devotional? Am I a Buddhist?" Everybody was using malas and chanting Sri Ram J Ram, and that looked a little bit sloppy to me from my Buddhist side, but the Buddhist seemed a little bit dry. And I kept on saying, what's my path? And he'd say, don't worry about picking your path. Your path will pick you. And at one point it occurred to me that Maharaji's instructions of love everyone, remember, and serve God are the same as non-greed, non-hatred, and non-delusion. You know that? all came together. One story that I share on retreats that uh, bears repeating was in that very first interview to see if I could be in the scene where I said, you know, um, I do come from a Buddhist um, uh, connection and I don't know how I'll be in this in this devotional scene, as much as I love Neem Karoli Baba and how you've touched me. 
And he said, well, let me ask. Uh, some of you heard the story, so uh, pardon the redundancy. He said, let me ask, do you love, um, do you love Jesus? And I said, uh, I like Jesus. He said, no, but do you love Jesus? And I said, well, I, I've been touched by G- Jesus' teachings, but I, I don't know if I love him the way you, I sense that you think that it would be good for me to be in this class. I just had to be honest. And then he said, okay, uh, well, let me ask, do you love Krishna? I said, I like Krishna. Just that expression of celebration and loving life, but I don't know, I'm not really a Krishna devotee. And then he said, "Um, well, all right. How about God? Do you love God? And I said, well, Ramdas." In all honesty, I was raised um, uh, as a Jew, as he was. And somehow for me, when I uh, maybe was a, a, uh, a, a spiritual, a Bible, a kid's Bible, maybe I saw this big image where I said, when I think of God, I think of this really powerful, kind of scary man with a big beard and a book and a pen saying, you're going to have a good day and you're not. And instead of loving God, it kind of put the fear of God into me. But when I hear the word God, I translate it as dharma, which for me is the, the perfection of life, the divine, the perfection of it all. And he said, oh, okay. And then he said, well, let me ask you, do you love the dharma? And that one, there was no hesitation. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He said, you sure? I said, absolutely, 100% sure. He said, oh. And then he said, have you ever told the Dharma that you loved it? And I said, no, (laughs) not quite like that. And he said, well, go ahead. I said, what do you mean? He said, tell the Dharma that you love it. I said, really? He said, yeah, go ahead. Say it out loud. I'll say it with you. And I said, I love you, Dharma. And he said, I love you, Dharma. And I said, I love you, Dharma. And he said, I love you, Dharma. And after about Three or four times I felt it. I love the Dharma. And tears started coming down my face. I can feel a little bit right now. At which point, as the tears were trickling down, he said, oh, there's hope for you yet. (laughs) And I ended up in that class for the next year, which was a crazy scene as well. Uh, there was this other teacher that he was uh, he was involved with named Joya, Joya Santanya, and it ended up 
being a scandal towards the end because she uh, she was not completely cooked. And the first yoga journal uh, edition ever was Ramdas, the cover of Ramdas, uh, with the title and the picture "Egg on My Beard," about how he really was um, went astray. And the thing about Ramdas is, besides having this amazing gift of gab, he was he was mesmerizing. You see, if you just look at old clips of him, is that he was always so authentic and honest with all the sides of him. He says, this is, the whole, this is the whole package. And who could argue with somebody being so vulnerable and so real and saying, you know, I, I'm, you become a connoisseur of your neuroses. And, uh, and, and that's, if you think I'm any more spiritual than you or any, just see me in my, off time, um, and he was a um, a trailblazer in authenticity and open heartedness. And uh, when I first, a couple of more things because I want to make sure that we have time for the uh, ceremony. When I um, uh, when I was asked to teach when I moved out from New York City to California uh, a friend of mine um, asked if I'd teach a class with him at a place that's no longer in existence now Holistic Life University uh, in San Francisco and teach a, a course in um, in Buddha Dharma basic Vipassana practice meditation class and I asked Joseph and I asked Ramdas what do you think and Joseph Thought for a while and said, "Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, better you than him. It's okay." And uh, and uh, and he was. He said, "I think that's that's a good thing to do." Okay. And then I went to Ramdas and I said, "What do you think?" And he said, "Yes, do it, and give people an experience of more than just a." you know, a 20-minute meditation or a half-hour meditation or daily practice, give them an experience of intensive practice. And so uh, lead them, uh, do weekend retreats, start like that. I said, really? You think I should do that? I had done quite a, a few retreats in those first five years of my practice, including a three-month retreat and all. And so that's how I started teaching and each step along the way, at different times, he's been there with words of wisdom that steered me in the right direction. I'll share one other uh, where when I started teaching and teaching big retreats with Joseph and Jack and Sharon Salzberg, and uh, I, I share this, you know, Jack, Joseph would give a talk one night and just kind of blow everybody's mind with his clarity and depth. And then Jack would give a talk and it would hypnotize the whole crowd with his spell of, of uh, storytelling and all. And Sharon would give, give a talk and 
tears, weeping, everybody feeling meta, loving kindness and all. And then I'd have to give a talk. And I knew if I was in the audience, I'd be saying, get that guy off and get Goldstein back on. You know? And I, it was hard at the beginning. The comparing mind is rampant even at your, when you're at third stage of enlightenment. It's still there. And I was far from, <laughs> from that. And I went to Ramdas and I said, this, this is so painful, you know, just how could I speak with these, these masters, you know, and, or just work with this judging mind? That was it. How could I work with this judging mind? And um, I remember actually we were at the San Francisco airport because I said, can I speak to you? He said, well, I'm catching a plane. In those days, you could go to the gate. He said, here's my plane. Come to the gate and we'll hang out while I'm waiting for the, for the plane uh, to take off. And I told, gave him the, 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 the story and I said, you know, what, what do you think? He said, you know, there's only one Joseph Goldstein. Don't try to be a Joseph Goldstein. You'll never be a Joseph Goldstein. But there's only one Jamie Barris. I was Jamie in those days. There's only one Jamie Barris. You might as well be the best Jamie Barris you can be. And you might even see that he's got something to share that's just right coming out of him. He said, you can do it. And it's, you know, when somebody believes in you, that's often mostly what you need to just be seen and see, oh, maybe there's something worthwhile here. So there are many other stories I could tell and, and many that were key junctures so I, I'm feeling so incredibly blessed that there was somebody who I so trusted, who I could turn to, who I knew didn't want anything from me other than my own awakening. And that was just my story. As Roger said, there are countless stories where just being around somebody's light and presence can awaken the light in you. Um, the fortunate thing this last last month when I visited him with my two sons, Adam and Tony, and it was clear it was kind of going to be near the end. And um, Tony had never met Ramdas before. Adam had, and he was just crying through the whole thing. He was just starting to read Be Here Now uh, for the first time, and he was just crying and said, oh, wow, I've never had that experience before. And it was this moment of just really honoring a light in this world. And I want to honor the light in this world and share, share some of his, um, his teaching. I want to, there's a, a, um, an album that's, come out recently. It's a fabulous album called Ramdas um, by East Forest and Ramdas. And it's Ramdas's teachings set 
to um, some great music. So this is one about death. It's four minutes. And uh, it's called Like Taking Off an Old Shoe. And he speaks haltingly because he had a stroke 20 years ago. I forgot to mention that. A ceremony. In which one takes off one pair of clothes and adopts a new one. That's from a soul perspective. Spiritual practice, sadhana, spiritual practice. Sadhana prepares you for an upbeat dying.
And uh, I want to play the beginning of One More Cut, which is really his, became his mantra. Uh, it's called, I Am Loving Awareness. Just the first part. And perhaps um, as we do this uh, closing ceremony, we can hear the the rest of it. Krishna Das comes on, and the rest of uh, that goes on for about ten minutes. So, just for a few moments, reflect that your loving awareness—that's who you are. Beyond all the stories confusions, wants, judgments. You're just awareness, life flowing through you lovingly. That's who you are. And if it's hard for you to to access that, just imagine it. That's a good start. Mm. 
you are loving awareness. You rummed us. He's fine. People say, oh, it must be such a loss. And he was talking about dying, how how to to do dying for the last 50 years. If anybody was ready to go, and he really was ready to go, actually, he's just doing fine. So all that is left is just gratitude and embodying what has been transmitted. So here we are um, at this last um, meeting for the year. And as I like to do uh, when we come to this part of the year is uh, just a little ritual to help us stay um, connected to what our heart really longs for and the direction that we want to keep on moving. And uh, what I'd like you to do um, is uh, maybe you can uh, help out just passing uh, one sheet of paper, uh, maybe to the side, and um, don't do anything other than just fold it in half. And here's uh, writing implements, pencils and pens, maybe somebody... Thanks, Gavrila. Um, and and here's, uh, here's pencils you can do on this. Honey. And, uh, and hopefully they work, the pens or the pencils, there's pencils will work. Here's plenty more pencils if, if you need. Pencils can always depend on a pencil. Uh, um. If more paper is needed, then uh, So everybody have something to write on and write with? Anyone need anything? Okay. Uh, paper? Oh, lean on something. Um, so, what i um, like you to do don't you don't have to don't write anything yet. You're, if you're eager, see what comes out. That'll be interesting. Um, so, uh, invite you to fold the paper in half, and you know the the journey, the spiritual journey, as the Buddha said, is um, weakening the unwholesome 
and strengthening the wholesome. That's basically his prescription to gain complete freedom and awakening. So that's what we're going to be doing here. And uh, in a moment, uh, after you reflect, I'd like you to, on one side of the page, um, write down what you, the direction you want to be headed in. You know, we have New Year's resolutions, and this is not about, will I get the pot of gold? But it's more the direction, as the Buddha said, inclining your mind and inclining your heart. Once, as you get clear on your vision and your direction, then that can be an inspiration. If you're saying, oh, I'm not there yet, then that gets very discouraging. So this is just getting clear on the direction that you want to keep on moving in and particularly perhaps the, the areas that will support that direction, that moving. And on the other side, it's um, understanding the things that get in the way that, will, that don't serve you, that again, you're inclining your mind not so much a resolution, but inclining your mind to more and more let go of as we do over time uh, so that you can um, support that, that vision and intention. So before you, you know, if you've already started writing, you can, but just if you'd like, just for a moment, reflect. What really matters to you? What do you want to create in your life that will bring you true fulfillment, inner fulfillment and, and wholeness. What's your vision for yourself and your gift to the world? And if you can get in touch with something, what will support that? What will support that in more and more developing healthy habits and inclining the mind and the heart. And what doesn't support it now that will be really healthy and helpful to do your part to keep on waking up and being more and more conscious so you can let those go. Okay, and with that, you can just uh, take a few moments to write down and then we can do a little ceremony together with with it so you're writing on one half one of those and on the other half the other
what you want to develop and what you want to let go of or not feed to the best of your ability. Okay. How many people are finished? Okay, good. So others can keep on writing when uh, and, and finishing on your own. And this is what I'd like you to do. First, uh, we might be about five minutes late or so. This doesn't have to go uh, too much over time. But uh, right now, look at what you've written. Have an image of both of those both ends and really see if you can envision that what we can conceive and believe we can achieve as one wise man said And then when you can connect with it or to whatever extent you can, when you're ready, then um, 
separate those two halves. Keep the one that you want to cultivate. Make sure you keep the right one. You might hang out with it, have, have it be in your wallet or it, where it's something that you might take a look at it um, regularly, especially these next few weeks to just keep on having that in your heart and in your intention. It all starts with intention. And with the other one, the other piece, we can come uh, up while to the to the music and uh, maybe we can lower the lights too a bit um and uh can when you're ready we can have a, a um file one at a time fairly expeditiously drop your um your leco sheet in the bowl and i'm going to take them home um used to do fires but I don't want to use my fireplace these days. Uh, Jane had a great idea of burying them. Um, we're going to uh, tear them up. I will tear them up. I won't, won't be looking at them. And bury them in the earth and give them to the earth as our compost. As the earth can take our pain and our confusion and turn it into something beautiful. So we'll be burying it uh, in the earth. I have a, uh, in my backyard, we're fortunate to have a redwood tree in the backyard and we'll bury it right, right by the redwood tree. And uh, I'll be thinking of you all getting lighter and lighter, letting your light shine through. So turn down the lights. Yeah. And even, uh, yeah, that's good. And uh, when you're ready... Come up, and um, where is this? Where is it? I am loving awareness. Uh, is it? I am loving awareness. So please. And Come on up and ha have a line. We can just come into the line. Hey, Johnny.
And as we close, um, I want to bring to mind um, one person. Uh, Michelle, needing housing and health. Rugi, needing direction. Tara, needing housing and work. And just reflecting on anyone else who you want to bring into your heart. And just let your loving awareness radiate out and be shared with the world.
everybody have a good week and start good start to the new year. May it be one filled with loving awareness. <clears throat> it's got to be since that's who you are, so just keep on sharing it, spreading it. So thank you for being here. Good to spend the evening with you. <clears throat> See you next week if you're here. Oh, and uh, where's, if there are pencils and pens, where's, where's the box? Uh, oh, there's a, a box uh, right on the red. Right on the red, yeah. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.com dot org slash donate.